What's up, everybody? Uh, got a quick update for you. So I went ahead and launched the YouTube channel because we're under the 25 subscriber limit or however high the subscriber limit is. I don't have a URL. So if you don't mind at some point getting on the YouTube website and checking it out, uh, just typing Eldar Talks Games and that should take you to our new channel. And just a friendly reminder, since it's kind of a while since we've done an interview episode, um, this one's this one's with Joe from GameSack, and and I think it went really well. I had a really good time talking to him, and just I, there was just so much. I, I I could probably have talked to him for about like <laughs> three hours, just on like just on just just crazy in depth game stuff. But but he knows his stuff, and and I think that uh, we would have had a lot of fun. But uh, we we kept it to around forty five minutes. One thing I wanted to go ahead and shout out is that uh, Eldar Talks Games. You know, I'm on I'm on TikTok now, and I'm also on Instagram, and I'm also on Twitter. So check me out on all those. I'm not really 100% sure how long Instagram's going to stay alive. Twitter, probably going to be alive for a little while longer. Uh, it is successful, but I'm on there. So all of these Eldar Talks games, check me out. Let's connect. And above all, it, it it's pretty obvious that I love classic games, right? I'm interviewing, you know, Joe from GameSack, right? So... If you want to talk Sega Genesis and NES and Virtual Boy, Virtua Fighter even, go ahead and hit me up on any of those. And I think with that being said, let's go ahead and get on with the show, the interview with Joe from GameSack. See you soon. Welcome to the club. What club? The most nostalgiest, video gamiest, coolest club on the game internet uh today i'm joined by a very special guest joe redifer from GameSec. joe it's a pleasure how are you doing tonight great good to be here man thank you sir uh 250 000 subscribers and counting 367 videos and you've been at the game since what i think it's been since 2015 i've been a fan of yours for about three years now but I think you got you guys started in what 2015 or 16, right? Was it actually 2011? So we're coming up on 10 years pretty quick. Are you guys doing anything special for the? Well, you know, I I say you guys, but I guess for now we'll just consider you because we don't know if Dave will be back for a second episode. But are you are you going to do anything special for the uh, 10 year reunion? Probably not. Um, it's uh, we didn't do anything special for. Uh, well, we're also coming up on the 300th episode as well, um, but. Usually we just kind of glide through those. Um, we when we went up to episode two hundred, we didn't do anything special. In fact, our two hundred episode or two hundredth episode was going to be a video game magazines episode, but we also had the uh, two episode in the can, so I just switched them around so that the uh, two episode ended up being the two hundredth episode because we thought that would be a little bit more special. So that's about as much attention as we'll pay to it. And you know. I, I think I think you bring up something pretty cool there. So one of the things I like doing is I like interviewing, talking to people that know a lot more about games than I do. So the the question I have immediately is, what kind of uh, what kind of video game magazines do you guys flock to? Like, are you talking like EGM or like Nintendo Power? What what sort of nostalgic magazines are you guys talking about here? Well, for me, it was always about EGM, uh, Game Fan. Uh, I'd read. Also, Game Pro occasionally, and game players, and also video games and computer entertainment, and maybe every once in a while a next generation. 
uh, Dave was all about the uh, Nintendo powers. He, he liked those, but he also read the stuff I read. But, you know, any, any kind of magazine you can get to glean video game info from was just amazing back then. And I probably would have read Nintendo Power as well if I didn't have to subscribe to it, if I could have just bought an issue here and there in the stores. Yeah, I think for me, it was it was GamePro, EGM, and a little bit later in life, it was Game Informer, right? I think I would go into GameStop and I, even even back when they first started it, they would, you know, they would hound you as soon as you walked in the door asking you to kind of subscribe. And I know, I know uh, Game Informer recently had their layoffs, but, uh, you know, and, and forgive my ignorance here. Did you guys end up doing that uh, video game magazine website or is that still something that? Oh, uh, not, not a website. It was a video game magazine episode. Episode, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. we did. We did uh, two of them. And they weren't very popular, but they were still really fun to do. And uh, yeah, so we we talked about a bunch of different magazines. And Game Informer, I never read that. I don't think we had GameStop back here. We had Electronics Boutique, and we didn't get GameStop until they purchased Electronics Boutique. Where? So uh, you guys are in? I might I might get this wrong. Is it is it Colorado? You guys are in Colorado? Correct. Nice. What kind of game stores do you guys have up there? Because I'm sure the games GameStop right now is all over the place, but uh, and and well, I guess recently things might have changed. But do you guys have any cool like boutique stores up there, or like one of a kind, like little mom and pops? Or uh, we we have like uh, Game Force, Game Force, Game Force. They're all independently owned, so Game Force Boulder is definitely my favorite one. We also have Level Seven Games, uh, which I've been into a few times, but we don't have at least not that I know of too many of the mom and pop stores left. Unfortunately, we used to have buyback games, but those all closed down like a little over a year ago, long before the coronavirus came around and, and stuff like that. And which really made me sad because they'd been around forever. And unfortunately, if you want to get games, it's uh, either GameStop or Best Buy or Walmart. Or if, if I want to drive, I can go to Game Force Boulder, which I sometimes do. It's all it's all a tad more corporate nowadays, I think. Yeah, um, I, I now I hear that, man. I, uh, I I really miss EB Games. Like that was that's the place where I think walking into an EB Games at the age of like seven or eight and seeing everything is just it's just just a super strong memory for me. But uh, oh yeah, you know, I, I, the one of the one of the 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 way I wanted to start the show and it's something I've kind of been curious for a long time is. You know, I, I traditionally I ask my guests, you know, what you're playing, what sort of games you're kind of digging deep into today, tomorrow, the rest of the week. I know we have Thanksgiving week, and so you know, hopefully your schedule lightens up and you get a good chance to play some games. But what sort of consoles do you have hooked up on the daily? Like, I know, you know, I was recently just kind of watching some of y'all's videos, uh, you know, from the PS Vita episode to the sega saturn episodes that you guys did and but which ones do you guys keep or which one i guess do you keep sort of ready and at the go and what what sort of stuff are you playing over the thanksgiving uh, break well honestly it's going to be stuff on the playstation 5 um because i recently you know, i got that at launch and i'm still i worked my way through the Ast- astrobot game um now i'm working on spider-man so i want to finish that and then i also want to finish Sackboy. And so probably those, um, as far as retro consoles, I don't have anything permanently hooked up because I, I move them in and out of, I kind of rotate them depending on what I'm recording for the show. Uh, so unfortunately I can't really have any of them permanently hooked up. I, I'm kind of jealous of 
Corey from My Life in Gaming because he's able to have all these things permanently hooked up. And I don't know how he does it, but it's it's insane. But I wish I could do that. But unfortunately, uh, I can't. Well, shout out to uh, My Life in Gaming, awesome YouTube channel as well. Um, yeah. So, okay, well, first of all, I got I to gotta admit, you're, you're really lucky to have gotten your hands on a PS5 at launch. Uh, I am one <laughs> of the unlucky few that really, I tried, but it just wasn't in the cards for me. I, I, I went to a couple different websites. I guess it just probably didn't, I didn't try hard enough, right? So I'm sitting here empty-handed, still with my very, very loud PS4, but you know, <laughs> So you say you're playing Miles Morales, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, were you a big fan of uh, Spider-Man, the, the, I guess the original one? On the PlayStation 4? Yeah, I really liked that one, though I never finished it. Um, so I bought the uh, one that came with the upgraded original game where I guess they changed Peter Parker around for whatever reason. And uh, so I'll, maybe I'll play through that one. But I want to get through Miles Morales first. I'm probably a couple of hours into it, but I'm working so hard on GameSack right now. I want to finish working on this before I go back to that is it's kind of tough to just sit down and relax and play video games sometimes. How, so just out of curiosity, cause I'm recently starting up the elder talks games, YouTube, and I'm kind of, I'm dabbling in video creation and editing and like game capture. And, you know, I could kind of start to see how the, the number of hours in the week kind of dwindle. Mm-hmm. How, how, how much of a commitment do you think for each week, you know, game sack is for you. Cause I'm sure by now you definitely have a flow. You really know what you're doing already. Like as far as like with editing and, and capture, but is it like, is it full-time job for you? Oh yeah. Um, but like sometimes like, especially for the episode I'm working on now, I'm basically going on games that other people suggested in the comments. And this is, you know, for another criminally underrated games episode that will be out in several weeks. And, um, a lot of these, not criminally underrated, criminally overlooked. Um, but a lot of these games that people are suggesting that either I don't have time to really get into because they're like super text heavy RPGs. And it's like, well, I don't have 40 hours to record the game. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, in an episode that's going to have eight games in it. Um, or they just don't recommend good games, which happens a lot. <laughs> So I was like, and, and that's very frustrating because I'm playing this game. It's like, what, what does anyone see in this? And I'm like, well, okay, that was a couple of hours wasted. You know, I, I keep the footage I recorded anyway, but I, uh, I don't end up including it in the episode. So then I have to go find another game to include. And fortunately, I'm on the last two games that I have to include in this episode. And I think I've got it narrowed down. So hopefully uh, neither of these games will disappoint me well it's okay if they disappoint me a little but just as long as there's still you know some positive qualities about them that i can talk about will be good that's okay okay cool because well, the next question i was going to ask you was do you finish every single game because I, I noticed that you guys will sort of do mini reviews on some of the games that you're talking about and right i, I was always curious whether or not you guys actually went through the entire game but well, i guess the- if some yeah, I was gonna say it, it depends on the game. Like if it's like uh, an RPG or something that you know is a really huge time sink, we'll play enough so we we can get a good feel for it and say, "Hey, this is fun." Hey, this really isn't my cup of tea. Um, something like, for example, Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh yeah, we'll finish that, or you know, something that can be 
played through relatively quick or, you know, at least the majority of it or as far as we can get without, you know, spending days and days on it. You know, one thing that you, that you do is you're very detrimental and sort of, um, I guess you say you're really bad at games, but from the, (laughs) if you could beat ghouls and ghosts that I, I, I tried, man, even at like, just like throughout little points in my life, I just can't beat that game. Like, I don't understand how you guys are that good at, at side scrollers. Like what? Like platformers. It's crazy. It's interesting because, you know, I'll see a lot of comments and they're like, good, good. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's like, I think we all have games that we're good at and we're bad at. So I'm, I'm good at games like ghouls and ghosts and a bunch of others, demon souls, uh, super monkey ball, you know, a lot of games that most people will say are very, very hard yet. I'm not good at some other games that perhaps other people will find incredibly easy. So they just, you know, think, I just suck all around in games. And, you know, it's true. I do suck at some games. I'm good at others. So, yeah, (laughs) whatever. Yeah, I just can't find myself getting very far in games like Mega Man. Like, just these really brutal thumb-intensive side-scrollers and, like, little platformers like that. I just can't do it. And then when if you do Ghouls and Ghosts wrong, I think it's either Ghouls and Ghosts or Goblins. Um that you kind of just have to do the last two hours of it all over again. It's a nightmare, man. I just, yeah. I mean oh. like, well, either of those games, you have to get a special weapon. Um, I've never really been much of a fan of the first ghosts and goblins, but I believe it's the same where you have to go through the game twice and then you have to get a special weapon in order to fight the final boss. And if you don't have that weapon, it just sends you back for a third loop. So, <laughs> so we, we have similar, we have similar pain points in games and, and, one of the reasons that your channel really resonates with me is because you, you, you talk about games like Super Monkey Ball, YS, um, Afterburner, and and you really did, did it, you just call it YS? YS, Yeez? yeah. yeah well, ye, like the RPG, like it's just it, yeah. whenever I see people talk about unknown, well, not really like unknown, but like lesser known JRPGs. Mm-hmm. I am Setsuna. Um, I don't know if you've mentioned that game or not, but not it, it's 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 cool seeing this like glimpse into games that aren't just massive like AAA monsters, and yeah, that's, that's why I keep going back to your channel. And that's the episode I'm working on now is games that have you know been overlooked that you may want to check out. So that's kind of fun to do, but I really don't want to say, "Hey, here's a game that's overlooked." By the way, I hate it, so I don't yeah. include those. I saw um, a video that you guys did on Tumba, and I was like, oh, my God, I remember Tumba. Tumba? I don't know. Yeah, either way. <laughs> but So I started with uh, – my whole story is, you know, when I was five years old, my dad brought home a Sega Genesis from the pawn shop uh, with a couple things called cartridges. I had no idea what a, what a cartridge was, what a game controller was, what a game console was. And those cartridges were Tasmania, Mystic Defender, and Mickey Mania, right? These are mm-hmm. – classic sega genesis games and i noticed that you also drift heavily towards the sega camp um so far as going on the sega saturn side whenever you and dave did the sega saturn versus ps1 episode yeah on the sega genesis uh whenever you guys were on the sega genesis uh versus the uh snes nes um i gotta i gotta ask where where does that uh where does that start from when you were younger does 
did you yeah. just find yourself drifting towards Sega Genesis games or? Yeah. Well, when I was younger, you know, they had the uh, NES and the master system. And I also, at the time, visited a lot of arcades with my dad, you know, cause uh, he and my mom were divorced. So he'd pick me up on Saturdays and we'd, one of the things we do after lunch is go to the arcade and all the games I liked were, you know, stuff like space Harrier and outrun and lots of Sega games. So I drifted towards the Sega master system when it, when I finally got enough money to buy my own console. And uh, so I was like, well, the Sega master system looks cooler to me. So that's what I'm going to get. So, you know, I couldn't really afford an NES with allowance money back then. And so that's, I defended Sega and then I immediately bought the Genesis when it came out and just loved it. And, you know, I, I bought the Super Nintendo a few months. I, I think I got it the Christmas after it came out, but I had to, again, spend my own money for it. But uh, so I've always loved both, and I've borrowed my friend's NES, you know, when I could, just so I could play it. And uh, But I've always been a little bit partial to Sega. I, I'm always almost partial to the underdog because I feel that the underdog will have more of a reason to fight, more of a reason to try harder. So in that aspect, it'll they'll maybe have, they'll do something a little better than the person who's on top who has no reason to try will do. So I, I it's just, I don't know, it's just more fun, I think, sometimes to support the underdog. Yeah, well, your, your, famous, um, your famous first game, whenever you got your Genesis, was Altered Beast. Um, yeah. And I, I I played that game for the first time about two years ago. Uh, my parents did not get, let me get that game because, for whatever reason, they thought the box looked a little too violent. So I got stuck with, um, you know, games like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic oh. the Hedgehog 2 and 3, and um, Comic Zone, which I never I never beat to this day. Yeah, yeah, I just well, can't do a, it. It's a tough game. <laughs> it's really tough. What, yeah. are your, what, are your, what are some of your favorite Genesis games? I know that... Um, I know that you really like Space Harrier, Altered Beast. Um, well, I think- not Space Harrier on the Genesis. That one's not that great. Um, Space Harrier on the Master Systems. I, I enjoyed that for what it was. Um, Altered Beast on the Genesis, I mean, it's, it was good for the time. Um, but my favorite Genesis games going throughout the entire life of the console, the ones that I pull down a lot are like, like the aforementioned Ghouls and Ghosts, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. Those are probably probably two of my favorites. All of the Thunder Force games. I love all of the Thunder Force games. They're just incredible. Uh, I like, you know, other shooters like Musha. It's hard to remember everything off the top of my head here. I like pulling down Mystic Defender as well, one of the ones you said you got. Um, and I usually don't play through the entire thing. I just play through, through a few stages because... It's just, you know, easy to pull down and play. And uh, it's just, it's fun, it's quick, it's stupid, it's easy. And uh, and then I get my fix and I play something else. And there's, there's there's a lot of them, but, or Strider is another one. You know, just they're just kind of coming to my head. Gunstar Heroes, Contra Hardcore, Castlevania Bloodlines. It, it just goes on and on. But, you know, I, I do have a lot of Super Nintendo games where, where I feel the same way, like Super Castlevania 4 or F-Zero or Super Mario World or what have you. Yeah, I... ActRaiser. Uh, ActRaiser is awesome. Yeah. I, I I also drift towards Super Castlevania 4, Bloodlines. That, I, I loved Bloodlines on Genesis. And yeah. these are all... Every every game you've mentioned uh, can be can be seen as pretty challenging, I think. So I think, I think you definitely got... Uh, Definitely got your boots licked there, but okay, cool. So 
Um, that, you know, so after sort of the Sega Genesis versus, you know, I think after the Sega Nintendo battle that happened in the early 90s, I was obviously too young for it. But looking back on it, it was it was it was so fascinating seeing for a brief moment Sega get their get the console market share and yeah. kind of go introduce in, in many ways the console market from children to more of an older mainstream audience. And I think, you know, the games industry that we have nowadays, we attribute that a lot to to what Sega did. And I just think it's really awesome that you're also such a big fan of Sega. Yeah, it's true. I think back then Nintendo was like, well, our primary market is kids and our primary market will always be kids. So, you know, we'll introduce the Super Nintendo to a new generation of kids and we'll just keep, you know, playing it towards kids. But Sega realized that, hey, as these kids grow up, that doesn't mean they're not going to like video games anymore. So they kind of, you know, rolled with that. And eventually Nintendo started rolling with that too. And then, like you said, the entire industry. So it just, it, I think it's, it's a good thing. So now anyone can enjoy video games and, mm-hmm. you know, there's video games for every age demographic. Well, except for senior citizens maybe, but well, no, actually that's not true. There was, there was a wee bowling. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. It's really cool because uh, whenever I'm older, I'm still going to be playing games, right? I'm 29, yeah, but when I'm 70 years old, I'll be playing whatever incredible looking game is out there. And, as and you know, arthritis doesn't hurt you too bad. I'll power through it. Oh my <laughs> god, I've I've played games in like some sickly states, man. Like, I t- <laughs> <laughs> but so you know, it, it was easy to pick sides, right? It was either Nintendo or Sega, and then PlayStation came, and then Microsoft joined the fight, and then. You know, you, you started seeing a lot more companies sort of enter the fray, and so you know where 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 does where does Joe find himself at like two thousand two thousand one without a very you know you can't say Sega really I mean right. I guess you could you know where did yeah. you, where where did you drift to or did you kind of go agnostic and play everything? Well, I've ever since you know I was able to have a job, I always made sure to get everything. Um, it, it did suck though without Sega. I mean, there was a long lull between the Saturn and the Dreamcast where there wasn't much coming out in terms of Sega. And then after the Dreamcast went away, it's like, oh, great. So they're making stuff for the Xbox. You know, I still, you know, bought their games for the Xbox or sometimes PlayStation 2 and enjoyed them. But they're, I, I, my favorite back then, I guess, was the Xbox because it was more powerful i guess and it was doing things other things consoles weren't like uh 5.1 surround sound and um and then my second favorite was probably the gamecube because it was very very interesting and then but i didn't really have you know anything uh what's the term i don't know but i i just played everything and i just if i could i just got the best version on whatever console it, a game came out with, with on if it was multi-platform, so it's just yeah. You said you said the GameCube was interesting. What yes. Is, what do you What do you mean by that? It, it was just it very interesting little system. It, it was like because it was fast. It was still on a disc and it was fast. It was it was more powerful, I believe, than the PlayStation Two. Um, mm-hmm. And. I just think that again they were kind of the underdogs, so they seemed to maybe try a little harder, and um, that always fascinated me because um, they were. I think they were 
Did they sell less than the Xbox in that generation? I really don't know. It's close. It's pretty close. Yeah. I think Xbox was like a. Oh God, um, I don't. Want, I hate throwing out numbers because I'm always yeah. wrong. But it's it, Xbox was like 11 million. It wasn't really, or or the GameCube was like 11 million. It wasn't. It wasn't too high. Oh no, yeah. wait. I'm sorry. I think GameCube was actually closer to to 30. I think I'm getting GameCube and Wii U millions mixed up. But, <laughs> but either way. Yeah, so yeah, the GameCube had an interesting software library. You saw Resident Evil Four come to it. You saw oh yeah weird games like Odama, where the and uh, oh my god, like uh, uh, Luigi's Mansion. Uh, that's where mm-hmm. um, uh, such a strong library. Super Smash Bros. Melee, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, um, a very very you know polarizing game that I think is insufferable. But a lot of people really really love Super Mario Sunshine, and they do. That was like one of the last games I ever sold back to Electronics Boutique. And they gave me a lot of money for that. And they're like, wow. Because I, I traded in that plus a few other, not necessarily GameCube, but just a few other games that I didn't want anymore. I can't remember what they were. And they're like, well, you can't get much for any of these except for Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> it was like, wow, it's, that's really that much in demand. So I don't, I, I, well, I, w- I would imagine that All Stars recently probably killed its value, much like. Whenever like Marvel versus Capcom two went all di- went digital, it kind of destroyed that game's value. But mm-hmm. that's fine. <laughs> what, what what game were you? What, what were you? Uh, what were you selling? What were you trying to get at that time? I don't know. I don't know. I was probably trading them in for some game just to see what I could get, or I don't know if I was trading them in for a maybe an Xbox because I, I didn't get the Xbox right away. That was the last console I got that generation. Yeah, and uh, GameCube was the only video game console i ever got as a gift for christmas or my birthday and my mom just ponied up however much it cost at the time and i was like blown away because i was i didn't have a job at the time i was unemployed unfortunately and uh, so she i guess she felt sorry for me and got that for me that's nice of her i love it (laughs) my parents they oh god i was such a snot nose little little brat at nine years old they got me a ps2 and uh i should have i was like really excited by it and i remember specifically asking for final fantasy 10 right mm-hmm. and i was a kid man i i <laughs> i should have known better but anyway they handed me fantavision the fireworks <laughs> rhythm game, the fireworks <laughs> rhythm game and at nine years old i just started bawling <laughs> so you can imagine my parents probably thought like oh yeah we nailed it we this is he's gonna be so happy and i just start crying right then and there Oh man! Yeah, there's just, only one game with the word Fanta in it, and that's got to be this one—the <laughs> cheap one. It's such a classic move. I can't imagine what parents are going through right now with the Xbox. Oh, oh my God. goodness! Yeah. The Xbox S Series X, Series S, the S, the one. Jeez, oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's there's just too much similarity in those consoles' names, in my opinion. PlayStation—they make it easy. One, two, three, four, and five. That's it. Nintendo usually makes it easy, except when they went from Wii to Wii U and uh, DS to 3DS, I could see how parents would get confused. And then this whole Xbox thing, that's that's just got to be throwing parents for a loop. I mean, assuming they can afford that thing. But uh, did, you, thinking, did you get the Series X as well? I pre-ordered it, I guess, from Microsoft, but they haven't sent it out yet. Hmm. Well, so, I, I, I hope I hope you get it. Uh, I hope you get it fairly soon. I know that. Uh, I know the pandemic has made things kind of tricky because you can't just go to a store. Like if this was non-pandemic times, you know, probably you and me both, we probably would have been in our respective states and been in line and just got both of them the same day, right? Like we 
you know, like I did with the Wii, like you've probably done. I don't know. Well, yeah, no, with the Wii, I just popped in at Walmart one night and got it. It was like a, a month or so after it came out because that, that one was hard to get at the start. And I, I did wait in line when the Wii launched. And then after that, I was like, never again. I'm not waiting in line for a console ever again. I'll just get it when I get it. And then, because that's what I did with the DS. Like, the DS launched, and I, like, wandered into Best Buy for some other reason that afternoon. I was like, oh, they have some? Okay, I'll get it. And I really liked it. And then, uh, same with the Wii U. I was in Target for some other reason. I was like, okay, the Wii U launched today. I guess they have a few extra. I guess I'll get it. And then, but you know, that wasn't the deal with the Switch. That's not the deal with the Xbox Series X. You know, I don't mind ordering them and pre-ordering them online, but I am not waiting in line at a physical store. I'm not wasting my time. So that's just yeah. Yeah. it's a it's a different ecosystem. I know that uh, you know, like I like I said, the pandemic has kind of changed a lot of people's uh, well game sort of buying habits but yeah. you know more importantly game console buying habits how how has the how has the pandemic sort of affected you like has it made sort of video stuff or like capturing stuff or getting games harder for you or it's kind uh, of the same or as far as getting games i don't think it's made it any harder for me particularly i mean if i'm like in a best buy because you know we can still go in them and stuff like that mm-hmm. i'll maybe check out their game section and see if there's anything I want or if they have anything on sale. Um, or, you know, if I go to a uh, game force Boulder, which I, I picked up another Saturn so I could put in um, a mode. So I have one Saturn that can still read my optical discs, which is my original Saturn. Then I got a different Saturn just so I could have uh, the hard drive in there. And then, so it's, it hasn't really changed much for me because I generally don't go out of the house much anyway. Um, yeah, same. I don't. So not too much different, but I think it has changed like as far as like companies being able to get enough parts to manufacture things. Like uh, there's some things that I want to buy that are hard to get. Like I, I think it may have even hindered the new console releases of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X because maybe there's not enough places or they can't quite make them to capacity, the capacity that they wanted to. That's just a guess. So I'm not entirely sure, but that could have affected those as well. Yeah, probably. But, um, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully everyone gets stocked up and we can, we can get on going. So, um, I think about 10 minutes ago, you had mentioned that you were, you were either a fan of, or you were playing demon souls. Yeah, I, it was about nine and a half minutes ago. Yeah, nine and a half minutes ago. Uh, big fan of of the Souls series. Uh, do you find yourself is is Demon Souls one of the first you're playing, or have you been a uh, Souls fan for a while? No, Demon Souls the original on the PlayStation <sighs> Three is the one I played. Oh my god! Um, and I, I really really liked that one. But you know what? After I beat it, uh, it was like I was very very satisfied after I beat it, and I was like. I, I, I was never interested in the Souls game that followed. I am kind of interested in the PlayStation 5 Demon Souls, but I think that's one that I'll probably wait until either the price drops or I can get it used or something because I've already been through it. I just really like the, uh, the area design of that one. It's just, you think about how like everything was set up in that game and like, where you'd have to be to dodge or escape the enemies that are just charging at you like crazy. 
And it's just amazing. The design of that game is just, I mean, no, no disrespect to people who like the dark souls games, but I, I was just never really interested. Mm-hmm. I think, I think people would lose their minds over a uh, modern review from GameSack on, on, on Demon's Souls PS5. But no, you're 100% right. That game, ha- that, game did, that game did a lot of really cool things with the environment, giving you, I think, four to five different doors you can enter and just sort of kind of see which one is easiest and which one kind of best suits you. And then you beat a boss in there and you go back. And, yeah. and everything is very in-your-face and linear, right? If you can't get past something, that's it. Much like ghouls and ghosts. So, yeah, yeah. Much like ghouls and ghosts. But so now I, I I've got you in a great place. I you know we're we've got about fifteen minutes to go. I definitely want to ask you a little bit more about um, you know, kind of where you are with modern games, right? So uh, I think four or five videos ago, maybe six, you did a review of um of uh, Super Mario All Stars. Yeah, that came out on Switch. I won't ask you for your opinion on how you feel about that being kind of a timed thing, which, I mean, anybody that's listening to my show knows that I'm not a huge fan of that. But uh, do you find yourself doing more? And and yes, I know that it's a collection of older games wrapped up in a new package. But do you find yourself kind of inspired to do more videos like that where you revisit some newer collections? Or Yeah, I want to. I want to do more episodes where it's just like a review of a single game or a single release or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to like well, Super Mario All-Stars. I, I kind of tried to hit it while the iron was hot, so to speak, just to see mm. how it would be. But there's, there's some games that I may review down the road that are not like super duper new. Um, I'm not going to try to be the first. Some people being first is everything for them. Um, the problem with that though, is that then there's like, you know, 20,000 videos out at the same time of the same covering the same thing. And then yours just kind of gets lost. And I don't know, it's, it's just, it would be kind of a fun supplemental episode just to have a little additional content here and there. It's just, do I want to review something? Do I want to, you know, put the time in to review it? You know, how do I feel about the game? Usually if, if I'm going to have a review about the game, I feel about it strongly enough one way or the other. If, if I feel that something is kind of just like, eh, yeah, I'm probably not going to, dedicate an episode to review it so i guess it's safe to say that we can assume a bullet witch or an earth defense force review is coming got it awesome i'll let everyone know yeah, interestingly um, i do have both of those games i tried I, I tried bullet witch i, I was like really is i couldn't get I can't, I can't remember but i i feel like i couldn't get past one part like like two or three levels in i can't remember it was like think- very confusing I think you'd be forgiven. I, I got to say, though, it's pretty cool uh, talking to someone that not only knows what Bullet Witch is, but also what Mystic Defender is. Because <laughs> I have asked some people that I thought knew, I mean, people that have played games like, uh, God, some of the most obscure games like Glover on N64. Although, yeah. I guess that game's not really super obscure. They don't even know what those two games are. So that's off to you. <laughs> so um, I hit on video creation, right? And mm-hmm. I super fascinating um, response to that. So I, one, I guess just out of pure curiosity, um, what's it been like making videos kind of on your lonesome and uh, what prompted Dave's return? Uh, well, I, I, well making, okay. I'll, I'll kind of cover that in the order in which you asked them, but making okay. them on my lonesome has been uh, actually quite liberating. I would say because I can do it at my own 
pace in my own schedule. I don't have to wait for assets from Dave or wait for when Dave is available. So it's like, I, and also I don't have to go back and forth with them. Like what games are you covering? Is this idea good for you? Do you have enough games that you can cover for this idea? How's this? How's that? Uh, so I can just like, Oh, okay. I think I'll cover this. And I just start working on it right away, right then, literally. And then I can just like, Oh, well, I can shoot the on-camera segment right now, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, so I just go do it right then. Or, you know, shoot the ending skit right now when I think of it and just, you know, do things at my own pace, which is really kind of nice. So I can get a lot done. It's, you know, no, no disrespect to Dave or anything, but it's, it's a little bit less st- stressful um, because I don't have to worry about if he can do the episode, if he has enough ideas for the episode, and stuff. And it's also enabled me to do a lot more episodes that I wouldn't have been able to do. I don't think I would have been able to do the Mr. Stuff. There's There's been a few uh, episodes that Dave was in that I had to write the whole thing. Like, uh, he wasn't in the Mr. episode, but like, I can't, I'd have to look at our episode list. But where he didn't have access to a lot of stuff. Like the Sharp X 68,000 episode, I had to write the whole thing. Like his reviews and stuff like that. And um, it's just not really a good way to do things, I think. I think his opinion should be his own. Um, and But what prompted him to come back for the Genesis versus Super Nintendo episode is I asked him, because I've always wanted him to do, or I've always wanted to do that episode because I knew it would be popular. But if I was just going to do that episode on my lonesome, I don't think it would do it justice, to be honest. It would just, you've got to have two people going back and forth because I, I wanted it to be ridiculous. You know, I wanted the, the Sega side to be making just saying stupid things about Nintendo and the Nintendo side to be saying stupid things about the Sega side. You know, yes, I wanted to really, I wanted Dave to really play up the mode seven just to make it completely asinine because like, oh, here's mode seven, blah, blah, blah. It's so amazing. And then, you know, I do the same thing with like blast processing or, you know, just say things, say things that just blatantly aren't true and just, just to make the episode fun. And that would, the only way to do that would be to have Dave back. And then we decided, well, I told him basically what games I was going to cover. And I was, I was kind of giving him the genres of what games he should cover. And then he'd pick the games out and then he, he would actually record and write the game. So he, he recorded most of his game. Like there were some game or yeah, some games that he talked about in this episode that I still had recordings of from long back when he recorded them before, when I recorded them before, but he wrote all of his own stuff this time. And then, uh, it was still tough to do cause, uh, we had to, I had to wait till he was done. Then we had to wait till he was free to shoot and then do that. But it, it was absolutely worth it. So, and, and we'll definitely do that again. That's awesome to hear. Uh, that video, you know, watching that video um, was was super cool to me just because it reminded me of some really similar arguments that I would have with kids in like my apartment complex, right? Yeah. I, I have a Genesis and everyone had an, either like an SNES or a PS1 or, or whatever. And I always had to defend the Genesis. And, and I was, I was, you know, it was, it, I think you two really captured the schoolyard sort of nice, playful, you know, just kind of like button head sort of, sort of energy with that video. And, and right up right. to the very end when you guys both like kind of separate off camera, you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's awesome. 
that's our yeah. quick video. And I think, I think it kind of captures that. Hopefully, captures the energy of the Sony, you know, the PlayStation versus Sega Saturn episode that you guys had. That I, if I'm not mistaken, it's either that one or the Sega Saturn alone. That's your most popular video. So right, and that's exactly what yeah I figured this video may well it'll at least be number three mm-hmm. as far as views when it's all said and done but it'll probably get views you know until the end of time as long as it's up on youtube but i knew it was going to be one of the more popular ones so i wanted it to be as fun as possible and uh you know just as fun to watch as it was to make and it was really fun to make and you know we used to have like not dave and i but even though we did go to the same school uh I did have arguments like that Sega versus Nintendo back then where we would just say the most stupid things. Cause I remember back when I was arguing with a friend about the NES versus the master system, I was like, Oh, the master system cartridges are so much smaller because they're so cool. Why do the Nintendo cartridge have to be so big? And he'd be like, because Nintendo has better graphics, more levels. <laughs> it was just so <laughs> stupid, but it was funny. It's just yeah, it's that it's that raw argument where you don't really have anything to back it up. Like right. saying anything about blast processing in hindsight makes you look like a damn fool because it's right. not even a real technology. Just stuff like right. that. I, right. I love it. I love it. And back then, back then, Sega versus Nintendo or the NES versus the Master System, I would argue that the Master System games tended to cost more. I think at the time, and so I argued that they're better because they costed more. So the master system costs more. So, you know, it's better. And that was one of my arguments. It's so stupid. <laughs> the corporate overlords listening to you say that are just like rubbing their palms. It's like, yes, right. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But oh, cool, man. Cool. Um, I, I, I hope that video, I hope it cracks a million. I hope it cracks 2 million, but uh, <laughs> five minutes left. Uh, I got some fan questions from Reddit that I'd love to ask you. Um, okay. Hamburglar from Reddit says, and I quote, I would love to hear more about his former day job. As I understand it, he did sound engineering or something along those lines. Would be cool to hear more about that. Also, Green Dog. And quotation marks. <laughs> Hamburglar? Hamburglar. Burglar or burglar? Burglar. Har- okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, well, it depends on which job you're talking about as far as audio engineering he said mm-hmm. i i work i was a technician and slash projectionist at several different movie theaters and i would you know work on the audio hardware um you know like installing the sound systems and man- maintaining them as well as the you know projectors and running movies and all that and you know i would tune the audios systems and eq them and what have you um but my other main day job was as a video editor. And uh, I, I even still do that sometimes. I help my old boss out if he needs a little help video editing. Um, but, you know, basically stuff companies want to advertise their company companies or testimonials or what have you. Just kind of boring stuff. But a lot of stuff, occasional music video or commercial, things of that nature. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I imagine that uh, having a you know successful ten year long uh, sort of you know gaming resume there it only helps, I guess, right? So You're right. Uh, the second question from Reddit is from Yellow River Boy, 
And his question is, you know, you kind of have a get out of jail free card because you don't have to go super into depth if you don't want to. It is how long does it take to create the stop motion sections that start the videos off? I'm actually interested in this, too. Uh, you cut out there slightly and start the what off? Start oh, no. Okay. Though? Right. Sorry. Um, so Yellow River Boy from Reddit uh, wants to know how long it takes to create the stop motion sections in the videos. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, it depends. Uh, like the opening that you see on every episode right now, uh, I did that in a night. Uh, I can't believe I did that. And maybe it was two nights. It was a while ago, but uh, it didn't take any longer than two. Definitely no longer than two. But I think I did that, you know, just I powered through that in a night. Um, if I do some other stop motion, like, uh, for whatever reason, like during an end skit or what have you, maybe a few hours. Um, not not as long as you'd think, because I'm I'm just kind of so used to doing it now that I I have a process and I'm just like I move it, click, move it, click, move it, click, and then I run up stairs and take all the frames and throw them into After Effects, and I have a you know pretty I have all that pretty much down as well. So not as long as you think, but you know it's. Not super quick. I think he's going to be, uh, he or she is going to be really surprised to know that those stop motion um, sections, as crisp as they look, only took a day. That's pretty surprising. Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> probably, it's probably a he since it's Yellow River Boy. <laughs> oh, Yellow River Boy. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but so, uh, you know, I like to ask my, I, I like to ask my guests that, you know, have been around and have been playing games for at least a decade or two, the, this last question. Right. Okay. So if you're ready, it's 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 a fun one. And I kind of I want you to think about it if you if you can, because not every game comes back in a good way, like 13 recently. Um, the question is, what game series or franchise or just singular game um, that you're really nostalgic for? Would you love to see make a return on modern consoles? Yeah, that's a really broad question. I know, especially um, for you, but. I know it's like there's a lot of 2D games that I would like to see come back, but I don't know how well they translate to modern consoles. Um, like 3D games, um, I just you know the episode's not out yet. Um, I don't know when this episode that we're this podcast that we're recording right now will be live, but I just finished covering Simpsons Hit and Run, and I would love to see an update of Simpsons Hit and Run. That's such a good answer. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that's, that's the first thing answer. on my mind. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Could you imagine? That would be so great. That's yeah. that was such a fun game. I played it on PS2. I had a blast with that game. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. I would look really sweet, like a modern cell shaded. Well, I guess not even cell shaded, but just you know some updated. Well, well yeah, like the the 2003 or I'm sorry, it's 2007 Simpsons game that was on the. Uh, like Xbox 360, that looked pretty darn good. So if you could have at least that quality graphics, I'd uh-huh. be more than happy. The, was, that, was that one called either, it was called The Simpsons Game or was the one from the movie? Yeah, well, it came out basically the same time as the movie. It was just called The Simpsons Game. Got it, got it. Well, that is a fantastic answer. And um, I think, you know, I still have my copy of Simpsons Hidden Run. This might have been a really good reminder for me to kind of spend the rest of the night playing that. <laughs> Joe, uh, it's it's been awesome, man. Uh, these forty five minutes have, have have blown blown right by. Um, 
I, I, I really got to thank you for getting on the show. This episode will will be out very shortly. Um, cool. I'm looking forward to the future of GameSec. And um, yeah, for, for everybody listening to this, it's simply youtube.com slash GameSec. Check, uh, check Mr. Redifer's videos out. And Joe, if you don't have anything else, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. All right. And with that, we're out.